You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. Let's do it later. Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes! Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Nope. Because I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. Get ready for the greatest roast of all time: the roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th, hosted by Kevin Hart. The seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. What's up, Steeler Nation? It's your Behind the Steel Curtain host, Daniel J. Welcome back to another State of the Steelers podcast, where today we're talking about the Andy Weidel effect and the effect it will have on the Pittsburgh Steelers. Uh, we all know that next weekend the uh, Philadelphia Eagles will be taking on the Kansas City Chiefs in the Super Bowl. The Eagles, a team that Andy Weidel helped build, helped um, grasp the talent and be in the draft all the way up until this, this current present year, this team that is currently in the Super Bowl, Andy Weidel helped to form that team and put the players on that team. And we're going to talk about what he's done, how it affects the Pittsburgh Steelers, and what we can anticipate or expect from Andy Weidel this upcoming um, season and this draft and free agency. That is going to be the first for the Omar Khan-Andy Weidel combination. So today, a little bit later in this afternoon, um, the Senior Bowl will be um, going on, and tonight the East-West Shrine Bowl. And all eyes are on the scouting department and who the Pittsburgh Steelers are talking to in these, you know, during the practices and, and during the bowls, uh, these two different bowls, these two different games. You know, one thing I will say that is a big positive for the Pittsburgh Steelers at this point is one coach, Brian Flores, is present, sporting the black and gold of the Pittsburgh Steelers, as it appears, you know, as he took a lot of interviews and it appears that he may 
perhaps they'll be a member of the Pittsburgh Steelers moving forward into the 2023 season. I, for one, cannot be happier for that situation. You see how the Pittsburgh Steelers finished towards the end of the year, um, you know, allowing less than 20 points a game in that last uh, month or so, you know, really turning it on, being the team that had the most interceptions uh, in the NFL. Those weren't just because of Brian Flores, but didn't hurt. You know, having him there, having a guy that honestly should be and could be a uh, NFL head coach as an assistant coach on one side of the field is amazing. We also heard about the uh, positive uh, effect that he's had on Kenny Pickett and the, uh, uh, you know, he Kenny Pickett came out earlier and spoke about how Brian Flores helped him out in the two-minute situation, gave him advice, and we've seen that translate on the field. You know, we've been able to see this team move back and forth sideline uh, from one, you know, between the 20s. What has been the issue for the Pittsburgh Steelers is, is scoring the points. You know, that's something that Art Rooney came forward while he was being interviewed. You know, he said, we want to score more points. We got to get better. And I think that starts off with assembling your team. Now, I think that the Steelers have done a great job last season under Omar Khan and Kevin Colbert's last season as a general manager, putting together a great, great rookie class. And you're looking at Kenny Pickett, George Pickens, DeMarvin Leal, the undrafted Jalen Warren, who was uh, picked up shortly after the draft. Mark Robinson is a guy that might, you know, he's a uh, Brian Flores project, so to speak. But that's all last last draft. We're going to look forward into this one and how the Steelers perhaps, um, you know, what to expect from from uh, Andy Weidel. And so <clears throat> first and foremost, the, the draft is going to be ran by uh, General Manager Omar Khan and my Mike Tomlin. They're going to be the ones who are going to be running the draft. They're the ones that are going to be uh, making the selections. Andy Weidel is going to do exactly what he was doing for the Philadelphia Eagles, which is putting together the draft board, meaning he's going to rank and rate all the draft prospects for the Pittsburgh Steelers and probably put his, his two cents into who he thinks that the Pittsburgh Steelers should draft based on the direction that the Pittsburgh Steelers want to move in get players with strengths that are, you know, what the Pittsburgh Steelers are looking for. For instance, like last season, the Steelers were looking for a quarterback that had the ability to be mobile, uh, throw on the run, and have the it factor, have the uh, um, don't blink uh, factor that Mike Tomlin looks for at the end of games and waiting moments, things of that nature. And I think that they struck gold when it came to acquiring Kenny Pickett. They're going to want people, you know, guys that fit their their scheme and their system, and what they want to do in Pittsburgh. And so, Andy Weidel was a big part of that for the Philadelphia Eagles. Like I said, he's not going to make the draft picks, but he's going to help put the prospects and rank them and put them on the draft board for the Pittsburgh Steelers for that, so that they can choose um, and draft. Now, just to kind of go back to 2018 to give you an idea of some of the folks that um, 
Andy Weidel was a part of that, that the Philadelphia Eagles had drafted. You're looking at in 2018, you're looking at Dallas Goddard, Avante Maddox, Josh Sweat, Jordan Malata, who is a fantastic tackle. And we'll be talking about the tackles. And we're going to be talking about how Andy Weidel or what Andy Weidel does to translate to the Pittsburgh Steelers in the second half. You don't want to miss it. Uh, but to continue, he's also in 2019, they drafted Miles Sanders, Jalen, uh, Miles Sanders in 2019, Jalen Hurts in 2020, Quez Watkins in 2020, Devontae Smith in 2021, Landon Dickerson in 2021, Kenneth Gainwell in 2021. Now, this past offseason in 2022, uh, they uh, solidified the uh, their, their, the trenches, so to speak, with Jordan Davis, Cam Jurgens. Um, they also can't forget that they, they also drafted Nicobe Dean from Georgia as well. But the trenches was where the, the Philadelphia Eagles looked at this past year. And, you know, you also look at, at the Eagles in, in total. They have a quarterback that is mobile but can throw. They have a running game. They have receivers that are um, – you know, they're playing in a very similar fashion that you would want or the Pittsburgh Steelers, in my opinion, are wanting to, part, you know, play. Uh, misdirection, utilizing the running game as a form of and, and utilizing the running game, I'm sorry, and um, pre-snap motion to determine for the for the quarterback, you know, what, what, what they're seeing, make things easier for your quarterback and, and thus um, having a um, – an offense that works. I mean, we saw what it did against the Pittsburgh Steelers. Uh, you know, I think I think AJ Brown's <laughs> is still scoring touchdowns on the Steelers defense there. And so um, you know, putting this team together and putting it together right was one thing that um Andy Weidel was a part of. You know, he's he was the director of personnel since 2018 under general manager Howie Roseman. And, you know, they've put together a team that went to the Super Bowl under Nick Foles uh, and Carson Wentz. And then also um, here recently now are are going up against uh, Patrick Mahomes and the Chiefs. And so, you know, this isn't a guy that the Eagles also let go or, or fired. This is a guy the Steelers were able to take away from. You know, the, the Philadelphia Eagles from all – um, from everything that I can find, they were uh, wanting to keep Andy Weidel around. They thought he was a uh, huge component to their off um, to their personnel and staff. But the Steelers were able to give him a higher position than player personnel. They gave him the assistant, you know, general manager. This would be a stepping stone to a general manager position for Andy Weidel. Uh, he's a guy that is not, you know, he's he's, he's familiar with Pittsburgh. He's from the area. And so for the Pittsburgh Steelers, I think that um, this is going to be an exciting time to see the free agency move in the direction that they go with both Omar Khan and Andy Weidel. Uh, Omar Khan has been the money guru. He's a salary cap guy. He's not been the guy that has um, been involved in, from what I, my perspective, has been involved in um, the scouting aspect of the general manager position. Uh, I think the Pittsburgh Steelers understood that. They understood that when they hired him that they were going to have to bring in somebody who had a little bit more experience in player personnel as far as um, 
um, scouting, uh, draft preparation, and things of that nature. And I think that's the reason why they went in attack and got somebody like Andy Weidel, who has helped put the draft board for, you know, some championship teams. And so for the Pittsburgh Steelers, moving forward, uh, this is going to be the first one for this combination, and it's going to be one that's going to be scrutinized and looked at with a magnifying glass as it is one that has changed, you know, for the first time in in a very long time. Uh, Kevin Colbert stepping down after this past um, draft. Now, as far as the Pittsburgh Steelers go and what and how they uh, plan to utilize this draft, and how they plan to um, utilize Andy Weidel's talents. We'll be going over in the next part, in the second um, side of this. So don't go where, way anywhere. Make sure you guys are checking out BehindTheSteelCurtain.com, your one-stop shop for all Pittsburgh Steelers news and coverage. Uh, articles coming out multiple times a day, every day. Uh, you, you, know, you, you can get 100% caught up on the Pittsburgh Steelers through BehindTheSteelCurtain.com. And I'm sure if you're listening in to me, you're probably listening in to other podcasts from Behind the Steel Curtain. You know, we have uh, the uh, Let's Ride with uh, Jeff Hartman, Stat Geek, the Big Brosco, uh, Big Bro Show with David Schofield and Big Brosco. We have uh, Bad Language uh, with, with Brian uh, Anthony Davis. He also does The Hangover with uh, Tony Defio and Shannon Wine and and uh, Brian Anthony Davis on Mondays. And those are on your YouTube side. So if you're listening in on this, which everybody is on the audio side only, check out the YouTube. Um, You'll see a show almost every single day. Um, And you'll be able to visually see, you know, the, uh, the host and, 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 and get to correspond with them on a live chat while they run that show live. You don't want to miss it. I highly recommend checking out, um, the previews on Thursday where you have Brian Anthony Davis, uh, Dave Schofield and, and Jeff Hartman. And that's one of my, that's the, uh, flagship, um, podcast. That's my, uh, my favorite one to watch. It airs on Thursday nights on, on YouTube. So make sure you're catching all of that. Don't go anywhere. When we come back, we're going to talk about how Andy Weidel is going to, you know, how his effect is going to be, uh, come across the Pittsburgh Steelers and talk about them offensively, defensively, who we think that or what positions we think that they're going to target in the draft and why. So don't go anywhere. We'll be right back. See you guys on the other side. Welcome back to the uh, second side of State of the Steelers, where today we're talking about the Andy Weidel effect and how it's going to how Andy Weidel is decision making and his draft um, draft board creating is going to affect the Pittsburgh Steelers in this upcoming draft. As I mentioned in the first half, the Senior Bowl will be happening this uh, this afternoon and the East West Shrine game will happen this evening. The Pittsburgh Steelers scouts have been on location for the past week or so for practices 
There's been a lot of rumors as to who the Pittsburgh Steelers are targeting and what positions they're targeting. Um, we're going to talk about that here in the second half of the show. Um, first thing that I would like to say is that the Pittsburgh Steelers had a lot of media that were going out there. Uh, Art Rooney spoke to a lot of different people. And one thing that he stated that he wanted to see out of the Pittsburgh Steelers this year was for them to score more points. Now, in previous years, he's talked about getting the running game going. The Steelers targeted uh, Najee Harris in the draft when that was the case. And um, this past season, you know, they also tried to address the center position after the retirement of Marquise Pouncey. It just didn't get the right guy, you know, and Kendrick Green. He was just somebody that they uh, thought that they could emulate Mark Pouncey's athleticism with um, Kendrick Green's athleticism. Because that's one thing that Kendrick Green does have is he's pretty quick for for an interior lineman. He's uh, able to get out on um, on screens and pull down the field, things of that nature. Uh, it's just there's too much downside with Kendrick Green. He's undersized, understrength, and finds himself on the ground far too often. And so with that being said, um, you know, the Pittsburgh Steelers had been eyeing getting better on the run. Now, this team here, though, is a team that wants to utilize the run, you know, this past offseason towards the end of the season, or this past season, I'm sorry, towards the end of the season, we saw this team grasping an identity through the run. But they still want to be able to put the ball in the air. They want to be able to utilize the short passing game as an extension to the run. And um, that way, when they do have running plays, uh, they, they have a little bit more opening area for the running backs. And so um, with that said, <clears throat> there was an interesting graph that was put out not too long ago by Pro Football Focus. And it was referencing how often NFL offenses left their offensive tackles on islands in the 2022 season. Now, this was um, a chart that was going up against an anticipation for the NFC championship for the um, Philadelphia Eagles versus the uh, 49ers there. And the chart indicates that the uh, team that left their uh, their tackles on an island the most was the Philadelphia Eagles by a significant margin. You know, and what that did for the Eagles is they allowed, and, and well, let's kind of put a little bit more into context as far as what this chart was referencing. This chart um, was referencing no double teams, no help from guards or tight ends. Um, this is probably designed non-double teams. I'm sure that they're, you know, during the commission of the play, that there are times where a, a defensive end or tackle will, you know, come in or, you know, run towards or, or do a, do something where he runs into the guard and, and the guard ends up blocking and it ends up appearing to be a double team. However, that's not the design of the play. The Steelers, however, are ranked towards the bottom when it comes to leaving their offensive tackles on islands. In fact, there's only two teams uh, that that help their tackles uh, more than the Pittsburgh Steelers, and that's the Miami Dolphins and the Las Vegas Raiders. Now, a lot of the, a lot of criticism that has come through uh, this past season when it came to the offensive game plan for the Pittsburgh Steelers was a lack of concepts, play con- pass concepts, a lack of a passing game down the field. Uh, being able to stretch the ball. And when you look at this aspect of it, this shows that the Steelers weren't confident in their tackles because they were having to utilize 
um, several players to help assist with defensive tackles and edge rushers for the Pittsburgh Steelers to offensive tackles. Now, you also have to keep in mind that two times out of the year, the Pittsburgh Steelers are playing defensive uh, defensive edge rushers like Miles Garrett and, and, and whatnot. And so you would assume that because they're facing some premier pass rushers that they would also, um, you know, protect their tackles because of those type of moments. Now, here comes the question, though. How more advanced could the Pittsburgh Steelers passing game or uh, concepts be if they had an extra player or a tight end who wasn't having to be left into chip or block or help or assist or an eligible lineman taking the position of a, another receiver or tight end to help that offensive tackle? If that had didn't have happen, if that didn't have to happen as often as it does, how much more could the Pittsburgh Steelers open up the playbook and the uh, game plan and the concepts if they could leave their tackles on an island? and not be drastically concerned about it. Because right now, if the Pittsburgh Steelers were to leave Dan Moore or Chooks Core for on an island for a significant amount of time, that's going to result in multiple quarterbacks throughout the game. And just is what it is. And so, you know, for the, for a team like, or for Andy Weidel, who has come from a team that, that emphasizes and really harps in on the trenches, I think, you know, when you look at that 17th pick, there's a possibility there that the Pittsburgh Steelers could be eyeing in on an offensive tackle and maybe perhaps kicking. Maybe let's just say the Steelers can get a premier left tackle. You know, this, it could happen. This draft here is going to be heavy quarterback based at the top. So a lot of positions are going to fall back. Um, so there's a possibility that one of these offensive tackles fall, finds himself outside of the top 10. Maybe the Pittsburgh Steelers move up a little bit. Um, maybe not have to give up so much by moving up just a few slots outside of the top 10. Maybe get a premier offensive tackle, maybe a left tackle, move Dan Moore into the guard position and really, really have um, something special there on, on, on the left side and, and maybe perhaps that will allow the Pittsburgh Steelers to utilize their tight ends, the uh, the Connor Haywards, the Pat Fryermuths of the world, to utilize their pass game abilities, their pass, game, pass catching abilities. Uh, and perhaps maybe that will, will result in more points on the board. You know, the Pittsburgh Steelers were able to move the ball up and down between the 20s towards the end of the season last season. The one thing that they struggled to do was get it into the end zone. If they can maintain the time of possession that they were uh, maintaining and, and continue the trajectory that in which they were going and are able to put up points on the board, then this team could be a very dangerous team and a very and a, and a competitor very soon. Now, I don't think this team's going to go into a position where they're going to be scoring over 30 points a game, but I don't think this team wants to. If you look at the way that which they play um, or when they have been doing things well, they have been utilizing uh, six, seven-minute drives that took up significant time off the clock. I, I believe against the, um, the Ravens last season, there was only one possession for each offense in the first quarter. And so when you are minimizing possessions – you need to maximize the outcome of those possessions 
uh, if you want to have a winning a winning formula for success. Now, sure, you can score every four or five drives if you end up with, you know, 15, 20 drives. That, you end up with 28 points there. But the Pittsburgh Steelers aren't a team that are going to that, that wants to do that. They want to take control. They want to uh, manhandle the opposition, offensively and defensively, and 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 end games with Najee Harris running the ball and running the clock out. You know, there's there's a uh, famous Tomlinism that is out there that has been out there for a long time from the Pittsburgh Steelers, and that is that style points don't matter. And they truly, really don't if the Pittsburgh Steelers play their style of, of, of football. If they're physical, control the trenches, and can uh, control the time of possession, then those style points or those times where an offense does score, get chunk yards, and have a a drive that, don't, that results in one or two minutes, well, that's going to end up turning into a tired fest and fatigue fest for their defense because the Pittsburgh Steelers are going to want to control the clock and keep that defense on the field as much as possible. And that'll result in an offense that in the waiting moment, in the most pressured time at the end of games to be able to inflict their will upon the defense. So that way they can, you know, win the game in the form and the fashion that they are accustomed to, which let's face it, the Pittsburgh Steelers are a team to play close. It is what it is. And that's why they went out there and picked a quarterback that can play, uh, that doesn't lose anything when games are close. Oh, the guy with cool collective head on his shoulders and doesn't get ruffled at the thought of two-minute drives to win the game, wants the ball in his hands at that moment. I think the Steelers struggled in that aspect. Now, defensively, you know, um, the Philadelphia Eagles in this past draft picked up Jordan Davison or Jordan Davis. I'm sorry. And he's a guy that I was hoping the Pittsburgh Steelers would pick up. You know, I know that Tyson Alualu was coming back, which I highly doubt he'll be here next year. Um, he was coming back off of an ankle injury that was significant. That was going to take, um, you know, at his age, probably wasn't going to come back to being the same guy that he was prior to the injury. Chris Wormley is a good rotational guy. He's probably not going to be back next year with the late ACL injury in the season. This past season, I, I don't think he's going to be playing this upcoming season uh, anywhere. And like I said, Cam Hayward, he's getting up there in age. DeMarvin Leal is a guy that the Pittsburgh Steelers went and picked up in the third round. He was a guy that was possibly a, a first-round pick the year before or expected to be a first-round pick, had a down year, and in college, Steelers were able to acquire him in the third round. You know, he showed that he was a uh, asset when he came to the pass rush against the run. He was a little bit um, – he needs a little bit of work. <clears throat> Steelers acquired Larry Ogunjobi. He's going to be a free agent this offseason. Uh, he may test the market. He had a big deal with Chicago prior to him failing his physical, which allowed the Pittsburgh Steelers to get him at a steal for a single year. Uh, maybe perhaps he ends up playing with the Ravens and finishes his tour of the AFC North as he's already played for the Cincinnati Bengals and for the Cleveland Browns. I, for one, would like to see Larry O back in the black and gold. 
I think the number 99 suits him better than 65 as well. Um, Isaiah Loudermilk is a guy that the Steelers traded up to go get and has, you know, while everybody was healthy, was a guy that didn't get a helmet. It wasn't until injuries and fatigue started to settle in on this team that he started to get a helmet. And so, in my opinion, he's a guy that might might not be there very long for the Pittsburgh Steelers. He is a guy that uh, I guess you could say his strength is pass rush. He needs to work a little bit more on the run defense. Uh, high motor guy, just the production isn't there at this point with him. And maybe that's due to, you know, not having a tremendous amount of time on the field. But when he's been given those opportunities, he hasn't flashed or, or done anything that popped off the screen. Adams is a guy that the Pittsburgh Steelers signed uh, this past offseason for a couple of years there. Uh, he did all right. He's not bad, but he's no replacement for the loss that the Pittsburgh Steelers had when they lost Javon Hargrave to the Philadelphia Eagles. The Philadelphia Eagles identified Javon Hargrave as a guy that the that could be a anchor in their defensive front, a guy that was large, had speed that was uncanny, so allowed him to be flexible on the inside and as a as a nose, as a defensive tackle, allowed him to move into a couple of positions there. You know, Andy Weidel and the Eagles saw his his worth. Perhaps now maybe the Pittsburgh Steelers go get him in the offseason. It looks like he's going to be a free agent again. Maybe perhaps he can find his way back into the black and gold. Either way, it's going to be, uh, you know, my opinion, the focus needs to be up in the trenches on both sides. You know, when you're looking at the offense, you're looking at the tackle. I think the Steelers have a decent room when it comes to their wide receiver group. I think they're young and they just need to grow together and be a little bit more experienced and, and get on the same page a little bit more. And I think they will. The running back room is fairly well as well. You have a one-two punch with Najee Harris and Jalen Warren. Connor Hayward has shown that he's, even though undersized, a a vital asset for the offense at the tight end position. And that could be a guy that could be flexible on a couple of different positions bunks, the offense. Pat Fryermuth is going to continue to show that he is an up and coming star at the tight end position. And so when it comes to the offense, um, in my opinion, what needs to be, or what, what could help this team get over the hump or over that line is a sure enough offensive line that would allow a little bit more freedom amongst maybe another wide receiver, maybe another tight end on the field that aren't having to be utilized as blockers on the defensive side as well. I mean, you're looking at, at the trenches, if they can, if you can, if the Steelers can get somebody up front that can do their job, that allow the linebackers to do, to be the stars of the defense. Cause that's what this, this the way the Steelers defense is designed whether it's T.J. Watt or, or um, in the past, Ryan Chazier um, in the middle linebacker position. You know, that has been, you know, they have been, they have had the ability to shine because of the, the guys up front. Your Cam Haywards, your Stephon Tuitts, your Aaron Smith, your, Aaron, your, your Kiesels, 
of the world, those guys and their ability to dominate the trenches has allowed for the middle linebackers and the outside guys to really shine. And you have guys like TJ Watt who took advantage of those opportunities and made well with them. Alex Highsmith has the advantage of having a TJ Watt and a Cam Hayward on the inside. That's going to drive a lot of attention. That's going to allow him to, you know, get double digit sacks. Now I think that the biggest hole and biggest need is going to be in the middle linebacker position on defense. However, I think, and I hope that that position is addressed in free agency with one Tremaine Edmonds who will be a free agent um, just recently of the Bills who are going into their own cap situation mainly because they now have a very expensive quarterback. Something the Steelers don't have and perhaps maybe the Steelers should be looking at the fact that they don't have an expensive quarterback on the books as an opportunity to solidify the other positions around quarterback and also defensive needs make the team better put the uh the team in a position to contend very quickly and very soon and i think we're going to be able to see that i'm very excited about this first draft for andy weidel and omar khan with their combination of what they're going to put down i'm excited to see who they're going to pick up in the free agency um let's see if there's any there's a difference in philosophy. Perhaps maybe we'll see that the Steelers move back in the first round or move up into the top 10. Something the Steelers don't often do, and when they have done it, it's been hit or miss. You had Santonio Holmes and you had Devin Bush. Now, Devin Bush was a guy, in my opinion, who was um, heading in the right direction until the ACL injury occurred, and he hasn't been the same. And so for me, I can't say that Devin Bush is a complete bust just solely because of the fact that he did have a solid year and a half there prior to the ACL injury. And had he not get injured, I mean, who knows? It's trying to predict something that we'll never know. But perhaps maybe he's a guy that's on a fifth-year option right now versus a free agent. Only time will tell, and we'll look forward to that. I look forward to finding out who the Steelers are going to be eyeing in in free agency. In the past, the Steelers have picked up free agents in positions that they later addressed in the draft. I want to see if that ends up being the case again. Only time will tell. I'm looking forward to it. This is an exciting time. I know it's unfortunate that the Steelers aren't the AFC representatives in the Super Bowl next week. But there's always next year. And I think that this time the Steelers will be a true contender in this upcoming season. That's all I got for you guys today. Please, please, if you're listening to this, like on Apple or Google, give us a five-star review. We'd appreciate it. Uh, but with that being said, I'm Daniel Jay. This is State of the Steelers from Behind the Steel Curtain. Y'all enjoy your weekend. Check out the Pro Bowl games. <laughs> it's probably more exciting than what the Pro Bowl was before. Y'all have a great weekend. Peace. Peace.